Well, this is an interesting situation that's happening, of course. Uh, the other side of the world, it's the, the Houthi rebels are attacking merchant ships. I'm sure you're very well aware of that in the Red Sea. And, of course, international tensions are rising and global supply chains are being in, impacted. Joining me in the studio today, and I welcome Lena Adele, Curtin Academic and PhD's candidate. Thank you very much, Lena. This is quite a, a situation, isn't it? Not another concern around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Me. Um, it certainly is. I think now the situation especially has been ongoing for a couple of months um, and has, uh, at the moment as we see, is escalating significantly. Yeah, it is. It, it, it's hard for us to sort of understand completely what brought this all on, but you've written some articles, haven't you, about this? Yeah, yeah. So uh, to, to understand it, the Houthis explain that their attacks are a direct response to um, the Israeli um, attack on the Gaza Strip. And so they have, you know, made it clear that um, they're attacking ships in the Red Sea that are linked to Israeli or sort of Israeli vessels or Israeli ships that are headed towards Israel um, or even non-Israeli shipments that are heading towards Israel are fair targets as long as um, the attacks on Gaza are ongoing and as yeah. long as there's no humanitarian aid being let in. I wonder if you could explain about the Houthis, their background and the origin yeah, of the group. Yeah, so the Houthis stem from the Zaidi uh, sect in Yemen who were a minority sect. Um, in the past, they've had sort of trouble with the uh, legitimate government or the internationally recognised government of Yemen, um, but they've also had, uh, you know, they've had several wars with the previous uh, government that was toppled in 2011, so they do have a political history there. Um, they came into power uh, in 2015 when they toppled the internationally recognised Yemeni government and they now maintain sort of de facto power of the northern highlands of Yemen. So they're a militant group, they control the northern parts of Yemen um, and now they control as well um, the coasts. Hadn't heard of them prior to this happening. The, the thing Houthis. is, you know, they've been quite active uh, for a while, for a few years now, and then they've also uh, been at war with the uh, Saudi-backed militias in Yemen as well, so the coalition. But the Yemen war during that period was not really... Some refer to it as the Forgotten War, which is why it's often not, you know, one of the, you know, making headlines as, as some wars tend to do. Um, but people are paying attention now because of the activity in the Red Sea and because of the significance of that impact um, internationally. Why? Why are they siding with this situation? Why are they saying to the Israelis, please stop this attacking, which is fair enough, I understand that. Yeah. Why are they having this interest in that? Yeah, well, we can understand it in several ways. I think the first way we can understand that they, you know, uh, they've, they make it clear that they're doing this from a humanitarian perspective. Um, I think the other way we can understand it is that uh, they are part of what we understand as the axis of resistance, so, uh, you know, which are Iranian-backed kind of proxies in the region um, and the Houthis in Yemen you have Hezbollah in Libya oh, sorry, in uh, Lebanon and then you've got proxies in Syria and in uh, Iraq. So those different fronts have been engaged um, in the resistance against uh, sort of the Israeli presence in the region and so we can understand them through that framework. We can also understand that they also get and gain political gains um, in really furthering their uh, sort of the support that they can get, the domestic support that they can get in the country, they were not necessarily popular beforehand. Okay, um, so if they're wanting to be known as humanitarians. I think in, in a lot of ways um, we, can, we can make some arguments towards how authentic uh, kind of their plight is, um, but we, can, we can't 
completely uh, neglect to acknowledge that they do make serious political gains and that they will gain public domestic support yes. from locals and originally as well for that position. How is it they're able to have such warfare though? Well, they the Houthi groups are a war-tested group. So they've been engaged in war for eight years. The Saudis have uh, now completely... Uh, backed away from the situation in Yemen, which really is kind of, by default, a win for the Houthis. So they're tried and tested, and they, they know their capabilities. So they've also inherited a previous government's capacities. So um, they've inher- inherited the entire military capacity of the previous government because now they control the capital. So, um, yeah, so they definitely are a war-tested group, and they do They sound very strong. I, I mean, the numbers are great, are they? Is there a risk they may take over the Yemen government? Yeah, um, well, they have now taken over essentially they they are not recognised internationally as the legitimate government but they effectively control the Mm. the northern uh, highlands, they control the capital city which is the significant uh, kind of uh, point of control and uh, they have quite effective control at that as well What about the future of all of this do you think? I mean what is the current situation? I mean obviously Mm. in your role here um, you are monitoring all of this Mm. Um, are they still bombing these ships? Well they, yesterday they've targeted a US ship so after Oh dear. So Mm. following the uh, weekend uh, on Friday the UK and uh, the US uh, with the support of different powers including Australia were able to launch some uh, sort of uh, bombs that targeted several cities in Yemen. The Houthis lost uh, five uh, fighters during those uh, bombings, but in retaliation, the Houthis now have said that US and the British sort of vessels are now fair targets. Um, mm. And so uh, that, that kind of response, I think it's good to understand as well that the US and the UK, this attack, that this retaliation that they had in Yemen is long overdue because they've been warning the Houthis for a while now. And if anything, I think that the, that this, this attack or the, uh, the US-UK attacks in Yemen now have only emboldened the Houthis to continue with these activities. We're going to just take a quick break, I- break if you don't mind, Lynn, and come back and talk about the, the role that the US, the UK and maybe Australia mm-hmm. are going to play in this awful situation. Well, the situation in the Red Sea is not a good one at the moment, and I have a young lady here. You don't mind me calling you a young lady, do you? Anyone younger than me is very young. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely to meet up with you. Uh, Lena Riddell, Curtin Academic and PhD candidate, who's written articles on the situation in the Red Sea. Okay, now, I was just asking you there during that break, do the Houthis actually, are they landlocked or do they have naval um, no, access. They, they do have naval capacity. So they've got oh, sort of motorboats that they take in. I mean, the first ship that was uh, uh, attacked was it was actually a helicopter landing on the ship and it was a, you know, very, I think, high-tech, uh, high-capacity military op- operation. Um, they, they, the thing is, for the Houthis, it's low-cost, high-impact and uh, high returns as well. Yeah. So... Um, Definitely, they they do have access into the Red Sea, which is why they're able to um, really launch their attacks um, as well. Now, the US um, had targeted Houthis in the Red Sea, which saw the loss of 10 
Yemeni Houthi fighters um, and that kind of really intensified the Houthi response in the Red Sea in retaliation. With the interest, when I say interest, not that they want to be involved, but they need to be, don't they? The United States, the UK and our Prime Minister, Mr Albanese, has come out and said that Australia is going to support. In what way do you think Australia would be supporting? Well, it's unclear now. I think the Australians haven't engaged in direct sort of military uh, support in in the sense that there's no kind of vessels there um, active, but uh, it hasn't been clear exactly what kind of support that is. Um, Some have said that Perhaps it's sort of intelligence and, and you know, um, it's it's not clear up until now exactly yeah. what kind of support that Do you like. think it would ever get to the point where when we went into Afghanistan years ago and that went on forever that uh, mm. that may well happen? I, I don't think so. Not good. for Yemen. Okay. Yeah. That's good to know. The, the global trade situation is very, very important. So, mm. number one, the, the Houthi have come in and uh, they've caused all this situation by saying, well, we're concerned about Palestine, Palestine and the Gaza and everything and the humanitarian angle but they're also trying to stop trade aren't they now that could be crippling couldn't it yeah well the trade is a pressure angle it's to pressurize israel and its allies to halt um and because your interests will be impacted if you don't stop or cease fire for example um and so i i I do think that based off the sort of rhetoric emerging from the houthis that if uh, humanitarian aid that is suitable is allowed into gaza and that uh that the attacks and the bombing of gaza is to stop that the we'll, we'll begin to see a direct kind of reflection of the activity in the road sea we would see that We'd see that end. I, I do think yeah. that they'll stop those attacks. Um, well, that's what they have said, it, that they would stop. Uh, yeah, no, sorry, yeah. that they would stop attacking the ships if that was yes. possible. Yes. Is it possible? Um, well, we, we've seen that the UK and the US have preferred to engage directly with the Houthis as opposed to really stop anything that's happening in Gaza. So we've seen that there's kind of the preference lies in uh, really dragging it out so the yeah. the uk and the and the us particularly have been threatening for a long time they've retaliated against other proxy groups in the region they've been halting their retaliation against the houthis because it is such a critical part of the sea because of that economic mm. uh, sort of impact that it could have we know that oil trade happens in those routes we know that uh, really critical kind of maritime activity happens there as well mm. um yeah it's interesting, and I'll watch it with great interest, when Penny Wong, our mm. you know, minister uh, for the, you know around the world these days, I think she's a good performer. What influence do you think somebody like her, the foreign minister, would have by going and speaking to people in Israel and Gaza and that sort of thing? Do you think she'd have any strength in what she has to say? Well, I have to say that uh, Australia has its allies and has to stick by its allies yes, um, it in does. these times, um, which is why we see that you know Australia has vocalised its support for the US-UK uh, activity in the in the Red Sea, um, but also um, you know Penny Wong has been clear that you know. Israel should practice restraint. Um, uh, at the same time, it's really difficult for Australia not to align itself with its allies at these times. So it's, mm. it is a really difficult. Is it is it a situation at the moment where it could go either way? Um, I, I think that we'll probably continue to see. Uh, these attacks in the Red Sea, as long as what's going on in Gaza continues, um, the I, I think that there's a direct kind of correlation between Israel's activity and what happens regionally. Are the ships, when they're being attacked, are they being attacked to destroy the ships completely or to damage them? Uh, the intention is to damage. So up until now, these attacks uh, by the Houthis have not resulted in any uh, loss of life. 
Um, whereas on the other hand, Houthi uh, fighters have, have 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 died in these in the retaliations. Mm. So uh, that's often an argument. So the, us- the, the the goal there is the economic pressure that it creates, and perhaps the economic pressure will uh, yield some results. Would there do you think be any such thing as uh, talks with either side or both sides? Do you think that could quell the uh, between the Houthis and... Uh, well, not together, but somebody as a mediator. Well, possible, actually. So there's a lot of allies in the region who uh, have no interest and no desire for this to escalate, um, particularly within the Gulf um, and the oil-producing states, particularly who have uh, who really suffer an impact economically. So it would be in their interest. How does this activity, you've mentioned here to ask you about this, the ties into the war in Gaza, you've sort of outlined it, haven't you? Yeah. So the whole aim is, we've pointed out, I suppose, is Israel stopped, you know, attacking the Gaza Strip and that sort of thing. I mean, the humanitarian side of what's going on there is just horrific, Mm, mm. isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think up until now, we're about almost 25,000 loss, uh, civilian loss, um, over 60,000 injured um, and... uh, uh, over seventy percent displaced. So and their cities, their homes, their yeah. lives, their careers, yeah. schooling, everything. Yeah, really Why did the Houthi situation. attack Israel in the first place? Well, the attack was. Uh, well, there have been attempts initially at the beginning um, of the uh, Israeli aggression on Gaza. Where there have been attacks that have been uh, intercepted, so missiles that haven't reached Israel. Um, I think the Houthis have figured out that the sweet spot, uh, for lack of a better word, is the Red Sea okay, and pressuring okay. them economically. Yeah, uh, but they've certainly got a goal in mind, haven't they? They do, I think. Yeah. There's the opportunities there as well for themselves to... I'm very again. interested to know, Lena, your, uh, Lena, your interest in all of this. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, well, it is... I'm, I'm, I'm kind of interested in the region. It's what I study. Um, but I also do come from a Yemeni background, so oh, there's see. a personal kind of uh, interest there as well. Tell me about Yemeni. Yeah, about Yemen as a country. Yemen is a beautiful country um, with uh, really, um, really beautiful people. I think it's a really misunderstood place, uh, incredibly one of the most misunderstood places I've uh, really studied and kind of when I engage with people, it really does show. Um, There's little understanding of it because of, you know, many people associate it with the recent conflicts um, and the humanitarian situation, it was at one point um, one of the world's worst humanitarian situations as described by the UN and uh, mm. by uh, the European Union, for example. Um, however, you know, I think right now the country is incredibly politically fragmented um, and the, and I think, there's a, it's, it's, I think there's not enough attention to the humanitarian angle there as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. It must be very unnerving, I would think, for people living in the Yemen, not, not quite knowing which way things are going to go for them. Absolutely, and it's yeah. been like that. I mean, yeah. they've been in sort of a state of limbo for a while now, um, not knowing, uh, you know, what, what kind of political solutions and humanitarian reparations will come after the war. Mm-hmm. Um, now that they're in, engaging in peace talks, we know that the Houthis are engaging in peace talks with the Saudis, who they've been at war with for eight years. So uh, really a transitional uh, time period and determining. I think this is why we're seeing an increase in Houthi activity. I mean, it's important for them to really determine their future in, in leading Yemen. Um, and that's why they also have their own interests in engaging in these attacks, aside from the Palestinian cause. It's the economy of the country too, isn't it? Surely. Yeah. It must be suffering. Yeah, I mean, it is currently uh, labelled as a dis- uh, sort of a failed state, and it is effectively a failed state in many ways. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot a lot to be done and to be said about Yemen. Well, you're on this side of the world now. 
Yeah, yeah, I've been here for my whole life. But I've, yeah, yeah, I've visited Yemen often. I think my most recent trip was in uh, 2021, so very recent. Um, and I've seen it go through different transitions. I mean, the Yemen today is not the Yemen I used to visit when I was younger. Um, yeah. Mm. What about, do they have any exports out of Yemen? Um, they, the do. Um, they do, they uh, do. But also the country... So. They generally export a lot of their produce out. The country also depends on 80% importation of products, which is why the uh, Saudi-led blockade into the country, um, which prevented uh, food supplies and medical supplies during the war, was extremely uh, detrimental to the country's humanitarian situation. Mm. We don't learn. I've said that every time. It's a very sad situation with human behaviour sometimes, isn't it? Well, I'm sure you're watching this with great interest and you will continue to be writing some more articles about it. Can people get to read your articles or is it just within the... Oh, absolutely. How do they do that? I mean, you can look up my name um, and a few should come up. Um, So just Lena Ardell. um, Okay. The most recent one, I think, is a really good one, Explainer, which I kind of did, uh, I co-wrote with uh, Dr. Ben Rich from Carlton University, and it's also on the Houthis. You can find that on theconversation.com. Well, I think that's wonderful. Lena, L-E-E-N-A, Adele, A-D-E-L. Yes. Just Google that name, and then you can start to look at your incredibly um, researched information. How are you getting all this information by the way yeah just a a lot of research um i also engage in uh kind of literature in both languages as well okay and just uh, a lot of on the ground contacts as well you've got a few of those yeah (laughs) lovely to meet you you've got a great future i think you could be president of any country you want to be in (laughs) lena (laughs) lena adele curtin academic and phd candidate